Welcome back to the Nullify Take, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Australian Survivor, Blood versus Water. I am joined by the original Survivor from the Blood Tribe this season. He outlasted every other single person from that Blood Tribe. Juicy Dave, you are a highly requested man on this channel. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Thanks, Chris, for having me on it. And um, honoured to get the vote for Most Wanted. How's that? Yeah, well, you know, you're very popular. I put the vote out there on the channel for those that may come across this interview at a later stage. And Juicy Dave, I did send you a screenshot. You um, you outpaced everybody else, you know, Geordie, Sam, Jesse, everybody wanted to hear from Juicy Dave. And I think one of the reasons so many people wanted to hear from you um, on this podcast was because your nickname, Juicy Dave, which I'm sure a lot of people have asked you, where did the nickname Juicy come from? I feel like it was the biggest secret of this season. It's almost like the Coca-Cola recipe. No one knew exactly why you were called Juicy. Yeah, no, interesting. And that and that's all to do with edit, of course, because the answer was there and always was. But um, the... Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because it, it's got a bit of a story behind it, obviously, because it, it, it was created. And I guess um, Juicy Day was born out of Brianna getting voted off. So jumping into that that um, that episode there where Brianna's voted off, I end up going to the store, I've got an idol and um, and things, you know, so there's a lot of turmoil there in this blood versus water. So And then we, and then we end up at Tribal Council. Um, but before that, Sam and I had been speaking and, um, you know, we were around the campfire and, and we got together and she's talking and she says, oh, do you, I really want to work with you. And, I, and to me it was like, yes, I'm in the game. Like someone's actually because <laughs> up to that point it was a little bit like a, a flaming scout camp, you know, everyone's having a good time and all this. And I'm thinking I need to get into this game. How do we do it? And um, and Sam's, you know, she's, she's triggered and I've gone, this is great. However... The next day, I couldn't get hold of Sam, and we're off to tribal, and there's so many talks about, and and I've gone through this turmoil, and I've gone to the store, and I've got I've lied about having the idol, and um, right before it, Amy goes to me and says, David, we know you got the, we know you got the idol. So then, all of a sudden, I'm not getting spoken to, and um, and Amy's gone. Well, you now your secret idol's now become a public idol. So the only thing worse than having a no idol is a public idol. And so I'm in this, holy smokes, um, get to tribal. And um, and Jonathan always directed the questions at me first. Like every, every tribal basically threw it at me. <laughs> I'd be like the warm-up version, you know, like they played a few of them. And then um, he says, Dave, so who do you think, what do you think's going on tonight? And I said, you know, you never know what's going to go on tonight, but everyone should be nervous. And he says, oh, what, are you nervous? And I said, yeah, well, yeah, everyone should be nervous. And he says, why would you be nervous? And I said, well... Juicy Dave Blindside has got a bit of a ring to it, doesn't it? And and this is all out of a bit of paranoia because I'm not, you know, there's a lot of talking going on. The fact that if Amy knew I had an idol, everyone knew I had an idol. And at that before, prior to that um, tribal, I had made the decision that I was going to blow things up a bit because I was a bit irritated with the lack of activity. And I thought there's people overactive. And there's people that are just snoozing. So I wanted to wake up the snoozers and um, and to rattle the, the players. And so with this idol, I thought, yeah, let's go for it. So Juicy Dave Blindside's so got a ring to it. Jonathan says, really? And I said, oh, well, you know. <laughs> and then, then it goes on. 
and you see that you see where it gets very awkward, doesn't it? Yeah. And, well, uh, and it, it went on for some time because it wasn't just directed at Sam, and 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 it, it went on. And long story short, you know, Sam gets up, talks to everyone around. Um, we're we're going. I'm going. Wow, this is, this has gone big time because I overstepped. Jonathan does a good deal of drilling deeper. And he's um he's got it to a point where I was being quite third person, you know, people are playing, there are communication lines, there's people out there and and uh, he drills it. And then I think Sam took offense at something and I just went, Oh, hold on, you're the social butterfly jumping left, right, and all this sort of stuff. Which the moment you direct something at someone directly, um, you're in trouble in hot water, especially if you do that to Sam, because she's got no problem standing up in the middle of everything and talking to every single person to say, vote this clown out. And um, vote me out. Why? Because I just exposed her game on the on our, on our first tribal. And, um, and uh, in the end, I go, in the end, I go, wow, this is, this is huge. So now I've really got to play this idol. And if everyone's voting for me, I may have the most powerful vote in the house. Mm. And then, yeah. So this is this is this this is the power of these idols. Like they get in, they are like the ring. You know, they <laughs> they get into your head. And I went, who am I going to get? And I thought I should vote Sam out because she's um, done this. But then I thought, no, no, I can work with Sam. She's good value. The idea here is to let's get let's get the strongest team together. So I ended up voting for Kate. Sam, clever as she is, she switched as well because she also knew that I could could have done that, voted her, and off she goes. And um, so she's put that vote on Sandra, that elusive vote on Sandra that was all me. So in the end, it blows up, very awkward and everything. I um, And uh, the guys basically said, we never want to see Juicy Dave again. So that's where it came. So all of a sudden it was Juicy Dave. We never want to see Juicy Dave again. It's too much. You're, you're throwing people under the bus. You're rattling everyone. We just want a nice comfy ride. Long yeah. story, but that's the origin. That, that, it's funny how that one tribal council kind of, you know, the shadow of Juicy Dave followed you throughout the whole game. And the two people that you made enemies with right at the start were returning players very capable of playing this game. How did you feel about seeing these returning players play the game again? And, you know, were you aware who they were? Now, I know that Brianna said that you were a big fan of Survivor in the US. I don't know how much Australian Survivor you've seen before. Yes. Now, look, I knew that um, Sam and Mark were returning players and um, and I always saw them as major threats. And the fact was, when I was sitting around the camp, I was just watching Sam and, and she spoke to me and, she, and I felt really good that we were working together, but she did that to everybody. And um, so all of a sudden I thought, oh, hold on, I'm getting played here. And so she had risked overplaying that social capability, which I saw, and I just went, wow, there's there's a danger zone right there. Now, it had little to do with Mark at that point, but um, Sam, I could see, was a real threat. And I just wanted some of these other people to wake up and go, hey, there's some real play game playing going on here because we had the twins that were talking to each other telepathically. I think they keep <laughs> communicating, like, wow. Um, you had um, Ben and Shay had a, had a code that was going on. Turns out that turns out that that code wasn't really well rehearsed because just about every single thing that was said was incorrect. But, <laughs> but at the time, it's like that's the truth, you know. You've got yeah. this is 
they've got this and this, and this is happening. So, you know, the crazy stuff around the camp. Yeah. Well, you know, let's go back to the beginning here. You mm. watched Survivor. You were the first person to watch Survivor. You got Brianna into the show when she was quite young. She mentioned on the interviews. What was it that drew you to Survivor in the first place back in the day and sort of made you want Brianna to go and watch this again? And then she ends up becoming the bigger fan out of the two of you. And how was the experience different compared to what you thought it would be from watching it in those early days? Yeah, yeah. Big questions. Um Yes, yeah, so I was working away. I was actually working down in Newcastle and, um, you know, you get home from work, you have a dinner and then you it's sit in these um, hotel rooms and go, what's on Foxtel? Survivor. And I start, and I go, oh, what's this all about? And then I just started getting hooked into it and I, and I said to the family, I said, you've got to watch this Survivor thing. This, this is unbelievable. It's like a, a social experiment live on TV. It's just like people getting thrown into a pit and... and one comes out and um you know you know it, it is a sh greatest show on earth isn't it like the greatest game and mm. um you do get sucked right into the whole strategies and the and the personalities of the characters and everything and then so i've said that to the family um everyone's then become survivor fans we've all watched it and i've sort of phased a bit but brianna was locked and loaded she watched every episode and everything so i didn't know sandra was sandra I had to be, um, Brianna just said, oh, Sand that's Sandra when she helicoptered in. And um, she's won twice before. So that's all I needed to hear, that there was pure mm. respect from that point of view and um, respect and threat. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like playing with Sandra out there? I mean, obviously there were tension between you guys at times and that came from Sandra thinking you were the one who voted for her, knowing that you were sort of gunning for her to a certain degree. What is it like going head to head with a two-time winner out there on, on uh, almost at the island, but I guess in the outback? Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it, it is interesting because I, I went into, um, say, I went into, you might say business mode. I just went like, uh, let's have enough. And I really thought everyone would see what I was talking about. It made so much logical sense that everyone would be on board. And I just went, guys, guys, we've got a two-time winner here. So look, look at us all here. We're all amateurs and we've got an absolute ace, you know, a, a killing machine over here let loose on us. We need to get rid of that quick smart. So, and she'd think we we're fools if, if we allowed her to continue on. So obviously always target if you're going to anything in business you always look at what are the risks and you eliminate the highest risk first and you and then your, mm. your um, ability to succeed goes up and so to me that was so obvious let's get rid of these high threat levels so that we can actually get on with the game no worry about it so i put that plan out very early thinking that that was quite logical everyone would be on board and away we go um, I had to see the show to see that Benny went down to the down to the river and let it all out. And of course, what's the one thing Sandra absolutely hates? It's someone voting for her. <laughs> so, so here I've gone and uh, you know, dead set. Talk about walk into a firestorm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess with Sandra, it's one of those things. As long as you keep her name out of your mouth or you know, she, she'll work with you to a certain degree, but I couldn't even imagine to think what it would be like going head to head with someone like that. And, you know, it was funny because when I watched the show, I thought you were the only person that made sense to me as a fan, as a big fan of the show, I would have 
immediately targeted for San- I would have had my target on her from the start as well. So it made 100% sense. But the, kind of the carpet gets pulled out of you early in this game here because, you know, you've got Brianna getting voted out quite early on in the game, something you obviously, I would imagine, didn't plan for coming into the game. How did that change the way that you were going to approach the game moving forward? Because it looked in those early days like the people that were getting targeted were the ones who did not have loved ones in the game. Yeah, no, it's very true. And, um, yeah, defining moment, because before we went in there, obviously Brown and I talked about how we're going to – now we might get split, so we've got a tribe first. Like if we're up against each other, if we don't, if it's it's got to be tribe first. We can't really looking mm. like we're helping each other because you get targeted. And I said, but when we work together, we can really do this well. Um, never got that opportunity. So, and when before we went in, I was we well, said, well, I'm cannon fodder. Like I'm the oldest bloke on the show, as it turns out. And um, you know, uh, you know, if you go through the history of it, the oldest get knocked off first because not one of the cool kids. And um, Brianna was a cool kid, so I thought she'll she'll make it, and I'll uh, end up somewhere along the line. You know, as it turned out, she she got eliminated quickly, which I just couldn't get over because I, I I know she's a great kid, and um, smart and really loyal and you know, good player. Uh, couldn't quite make out what happened there, so that was that was a game changer for me. That was the juicy thing, like um, take no prisoners, and that's where I set up Khan. I wanted to, you know. <laughs> great tv moment by the way great tv moment when i saw you go to that and have the the balls not to give him anything and go back <laughs> without anything i thought that was a brilliant move it was a bit of move but it was as a tv fan it was so satisfying <laughs> to see that and and it was all part of this man redemption man uh, redemption i won't use redemption you know um you know well it is redemption i had to have something and I, and i wanted him to go back there feeling really awkward and i wanted him actually to be blown up like because I, I knew he was part of the, the brianna exercise and um and i thought no this is great and he's he's begging for this to go in there because otherwise it's so awkward for him and he's got an idol and um i thought no this is the grenade i wanted i'll throw him in there that'll that'll rattle that that um, tribe up and uh, give us an advantage. As it turned out, he played quite well. He just came out with the honest. Uh, <laughs> I've got, a, I've got an idol and, and kept it for flaming ages. Yeah, it was it was pretty impressive to see. Um, I couldn't do that if I had an idol in my pocket. I'd be like you. I would play it as soon as somebody knows I've got it. Um, but what was quite interesting for me was that you you play the idol, you survive one round. Now in Survivor, we know that if you can survive one day, the game changes all the mm. time and. It looked like on the TV show you had some allies that started to form around you in the likes of Amy and uh, I believe it was Jay there in the early stages, according to what the edited show showed us. And you guys ended up orchestrating a blindside against Sophie. Can you talk a little bit about how that came together and um, why Sophie was such a big threat early on? So this is the interesting thing. So even when I – but going back to that Juicy Dave tribal, mm. I went, this is going to have consequences, but – Tomorrow, if we go to challenge, it'll be a reward challenge. And then the next day, it'll be a tribal. And we may win that. So if, it, if we win it, then it'll be four days before we come back. And four days in survivors, like, like a, a month in real time. <laughs> so yeah. so much can go on. So it's sort of like, yeah, I've got a couple of days to sort of ease things down a bit. Um, uh, 
going to oh hell just lost my train of thought there sorry so, so so the question the question wasn't and, and you made perfect sense um you know like you said just having those days gives you an opportunity to rally and make new yeah. allies and you know it looked like you were working with amy and jay there against sophie and i was sort of wondering how that came about and why sophie specifically at this stage of the game was their target yeah so and amy uh, jay and i we clicked so we, we were a team and um and amy we were a team as well working together so we had a pretty um cool clan going on there sophie as it turns out a day in survivor you just if you step back for a second you can let these people sort of expose themselves and they start exploding and sophie's a strong character and mm. so she made her feelings felt um and that was starting to upset people so it turned turned the books and um she was to me that was like this is fantastic because all you want to do is distract everyone from you onto someone else no matter what and um in fact it was amy and i think michelle uh amy and michelle's idea to target sophie and they told sandra and sandra actually <laughs> she's good at the edit she actually claimed it she said there's only one queen i'm taking and uh, she wants to be the queen so it was perfect and um yep all part of it and i thought yeah no this is this is a great plan let's let's um play her out of the game and i'm going to be complicit with every everyone's plans here i needed to to settle the hell down and just start winning over some some people again as far as um people i had going for me sam despite us having that little tiff there we always respected each other and we always sort of I could have played stronger with Sam. I just I was a little bit wary, and in in retrospect, and um, probably a bit too wary. I could have played stronger with her and, and had that Jesse sort of relationship early, but I was a bit too wary of her. And um, and you know, part of my thing was okay, I'm an old guy, but when it comes to challenges, I just going to give it everything I got, and that was an advantage because we you, you have to have strength in these early phases to keep out of the mm. um, the tribals and, and start winning rewards and so to get rid of a guy that was capable of you know mightn't be the strongest but be, but he was always in there fighting away um jordan actually said it he said no 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 don't go juicy we need him for challenges and that's what you have to do you have to make yourself valuable and I, I definitely noticed that you, um, I think you're underselling yourself. You There was a few times where you really did well in those team portions and the challenges and you really helped your team get the wins. Um, I was sort of curious to know where that comes from because you quite rightfully mentioned you were the oldest guy out there, but it seemed like you weren't out of your depth when it came to doing these physical challenges. Do you have much of an athletic background that sort of played a role in these challenges? I think um, that my greatest uh asset was my cycling like I, i've been cycling for probably near a decade sort of got into it when the kids were old enough and um and love it and it's one of those endurance sports like um where you've actually mm. got to enjoy pain a bit you, you <laughs> the more you suffer the more you enjoy it you know it's a crazy sort of thing but it develops a, re a resilience so you've got endurance for one and then competitiveness it's just naturally it if you're racing and you want speed, it's all about beating the next guy. So you're you're competitive. So I got got a competitive streak. Um, had a fitness. I wasn't strong enough, as it turned out. Um, didn't prepare upper body enough. Like I had endurance. I could run and keep going. And um, 
and survive that way. But the upper body strength, you know, all those over the head holes and and my feet are too big for standing on pegs, man. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And an Australian survivor just loves their their endurance type of pain type of yeah. challenges. I mean, we saw two people pass out this season just because of the heat and the exhaustion out there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we had um, when you think about it, like people say, "Oh, is this for real?" Well, hold on a minute. Here I am. I've come out of a, a executive role. I'm thrown into the bush. I'm sleeping on the dirt. Uh, we haven't got fire, so there's three days we don't actually eat food. If it, you know, three days we don't eat food, and then mm. you've got to go up against someone like Mark Wales, who's 117 kilograms, and he's a trained killer. <laughs> I mean, he You've took got... Croc on. He took on a professional athlete and made him look average. And, and I know Croc's not average, but just no. gives you a bit of an idea as to the strength behind Mark and those challenges. Croc is a beast. You know, like, you know, mm. see him up, like he's, he is a beast. And then um, Mark has just got this agility and, you know, he's trained. You can tell. Like mm. when, he's trying, when Croc's trying to grab him, he's not even, he's not making big moves. He's just slapping away like this and then gets a hold and you just go, Man, that guy's he's, and he's strong. I mean, 117 kilograms. He's the heaviest guy out there. That was that was one of the um, that was a defining moment. Someone asked me, said, uh, "What was the scariest thing?" And I said, "Well, we're playing that football, and we're up to our over our knees in the water. So the ball goes gets thrown out, and I go right. Oh, that's gone to to Mark. Hell, I said, who's going to take him out? And it was no one around, so it had to be me. And I'm just marching over there, like in slow motion, because I've got to race over, but we're in water. Um, and I'm just thinking, Brianna, you owe me big time, girl, because here I am. I'm throwing myself on the line into a train killer that's, you know, 40 kilograms heavier than me. And, um, and, and he just palms me away, but I've actually managed to get under his arm. And and take him down. So he, he nicknamed me uh, Dangerous Dave after that. And I sort of I had a bit of res I had respect for him. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, now there's an interesting part of the game here where you guys go into a swap and you actually get an opportunity, obviously, to play with Mark and some of the players you didn't play with before. But you do have some people from your tribe there with you in that swap tribe, which is Sandra, Amy, and Jordan, who also ends up um, in that tribe. How does this change your game at this point? Because you've sort of just been hanging in there trying to survive. And did you have a plan in regards to how you would want to work with players that came over from your original tribe? Or was it, um, you know, a clean slate in your mind at that point of the game? Yeah, look, at that point, I'd sort of worn thin with the people on that red tribe. Like, um, I wasn't I wasn't getting the, the deep traction I needed. I was always a, a peripheral, I, you know, and, and they can be a bit loose and all this sort of stuff. So, so I was handy and I was in there, but the um, the swap was a real refresher for me and gave me an opportunity to to make new connections. And um, as it turned out, it was phenomenal because um, uh, Mark and I got on well. Josh and I got on really well. Um, Jordy and I, you know, had mutual respect for each other, and um, and it's sort of just you know Jordan and I were working together loosely, but with all those guys, we sort of just bonded and had a good time. It was probably the best time of the whole the whole series for me because because it was the the pressure came off. We had a very regimented um, deciding, like we had majority, so I was in the strong majority. So it's one of my things to get into, and it's amazing because the pressure comes off when you're when you're in that, and you but you've got to. Be, 
planning ahead and beyond it. But and so don't get into the false sense about it. But at that point in time, it was it was a good feeling. Some called it the boys' club, but you know what? It was just a bunch of people who who were together having a good time. That's that clicked. You can only work with people you click, and regardless. And we, yeah. I found that amusing personally as a fan of Australian Survivor when they mentioned the boys club because I know that on certain social areas people will say that but in Australian Survivor it's normally the men don't normally dominate it is very female dominant in Australian Survivor there's been a lot of female winners I think it's pretty equal now with uh, Mark winning as well but predominantly you don't see men coming together and working together like you guys did this season um and i feel like a lot of people focused on the negative instead of the positive that you guys were lifting each other up and working together in a, in a very strong unit out there chris that's a that's an awesome insight because that is exactly that is the the blood versus water australian um, series was amazing set of people and i think mm. it's because there were a bunch of alphas out there and these are strong guys but the egos were, the egos were restrained in a lot of in a lot of them. And and this, when you let the ego down, you can actually have a good relationship with people because you're not you're not this mm. false person. And and that's what you saw there. Exactly that is a bunch of guys that weren't interested in beating their own ego. But, but you know, we're having good chats, solid chats, and just went, well, what are we going to do? And it, it, it we'd go to tribal our um strategy was like a two-minute exercise yeah no we all agree bang that's the way it's going and so you you rest up and that's the way it's going to go it was yeah and you also you, you look at the personalities around you right at that time and you assess them and you think okay where do i get stability and decision making and someone that's not going to i know geordie was a little bit of a loose unit but at that time in his game it suited him to stay with that strong male majority in the game. And it just wasn't that many other opportunities with Amy trying to play an explosive game and go against Jordan, who tried to work with her. How did that yeah. mess plans up? Because you had this relationship with Amy to a certain degree as well, coming into that tribe. Yeah, that was, that was a real shame because Amy, um, she's a great kid and, um, and everyone loved her and she was out there to play the game and, and really was out there to play the game. I thought she would come to me for advice, maybe, but um, she'd taken advice from the girls, I think, and she'd made a decision. She was going to make a big move, and it was time to get Jordan out and break the boys, uh, the, the the cousins up. And she came to me as a, and said, "This is what's happening." And I, I went, "Wow, where's this come from?" She said, "No, that's happening, Juice. Just just go with it. Um, I've got the numbers." And I went, well, that's that's confident, you know. Yep, yep, because, you know, he always say, yep, yep. And I just went, well, okay, I'm going to see how this plays out. So I've gone down to the down to the river there and um, <laughs> Shay, Shay's exposed completely to the guys. By the time I've got there, they, they you know, Josh is fuming that um, Amy would go for his cousin and, you know, it was just, and it, it was diabolical. There was nothing mm. you could do to save her at that point. And uh, I got there and I said, man, can you believe it? And you sort of go, no, I can't believe it myself. <laughs> so she'd signed. She, she basically put trust in someone who let her down and um, and it didn't get off the ground. And it had to be watertight. And it, and it was a little bit early, I think, for a big move like that. But she she saw it, these guys getting stronger and stronger and it had to be broken. And it was you know, probably the right play just needed to be planned over a bit of longer term this was decided on the day bang this is what's happening and it was just too quick and 
you know, as much as I wanted to um, help her, there was no help on her at that point. Mm. Amy is not another person who's extremely popular. And when you look at the online survivor community, a lot of people want her to come back and play the game again. Do you think yeah. that she would be able to learn from some of the things that she did here and play a little bit of a, a more mature game if she were to come back, say, three to four years later? No, I think she'd be lethal. Yeah, she's because she's such a charming chick. She she's great, you know, um, and 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 so golden hearted. But but what you saw there was she's willing to play hard because she was in close mm. with Jordan, but she just saw that as a threat, and I'm willing to play. So I think if she, with a little bit of that maturity and a bit of patience, she could mm. actually. She's got that influence over people that she could actually set a move move up, and and probably the way she'd do it is get someone else, you know, set some ideas into people. Do a Sandra, right? Set some mm. ideas in people's heads so they go off and do all the dirty work and um, mm. you're you're basically playing the game through other people. Like me, shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, well, you, you talk about Sandra and Sandra also exits the game at this point. How tricky was this vote to pull off? And, you know, did you have much of a relationship with Nina while you were out there during this time? And, um, you know, can you talk a little bit to some of the behind the scenes that happened and how that vote came together to ultimately take the Queen of Survivor out? Yeah, so Sandra, Sandra is interesting because I I said, Sandra, I didn't, I'll just go back a step just to put some context in it. Yeah. I said, I didn't vote for you that night. And she said, yeah, you did. I know you did. Someone, one person voted and it was you. And I said, no, actually, I didn't vote for you. And I said, Here, here's the deal. I, I pulled her over and, uh, and I, I got a witness there. And I said, um, Sandra, if, if this program plays and I've voted you on that episode, I'm going to transfer you 1,000 US from my account to yours. You nominate the account, bang. I said, and I don't want to pay $1,000, but I will. And we've got a witness here. And we shook on it. And I said, and she said, but what have I got to do? And I said, no, no, I'm just saying I didn't vote for you. So if this if this episode comes up in, in whenever, then I'll transfer it to you, and we've got someone who can uh, be make me accountable for it. And I said, because mm. that's how sure I am, I didn't vote for you. And she's going, wow, righto. And 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 then I've gone, you know what? We could actually work together, because who the heck would ever think we could work together? Mm. And I'm thinking. This is this is the, one of the greatest players out here because we could actually I could work with the one of the great players, learn from her and stuff, and basically manoeuvre our way through because at that point I was looking for anybody to ally with. Mm. Unfortunately, Sam's seen this conversation, so she jumps in there and, and Sandra just throws me under the bus. And so, the chance of us ever working together was blown at that point, and so from for me. Sandra had to go. She was always a target. As soon as we get the opportunity, had to go. So, um, so when you know Nina's in there, and, and we've it, it's coming to the point where people are looking at threats and realizing she has to be gone. Um, I think it was um, ultimate that Nina's actually voted a mum out. That was that mm. was you know that's she's a big player. She's another one that's um, should come back. She'd be uh, dangerous. How did that change the dynamics within that pre-merged tribe when Nina left? According to the edited show and talking to Josh, Josh had plans for Nina to be aligned with him long-term in the game, 
do you believe did you see that connection between the two of them while you were out there and do you believe that this sort of gave you an even deeper in with the guys at that time and you know sadly losing her in the way that we lost and nobody would have wanted her to go out of the game that way sort of was a benefit to your game out there 100 percent. i had everyone's measure except nina's i just felt I don't know how I don't know how I can maneuver around Nina. Everyone else, you know, I knew where those sort of sat and everything, but Nina was one of those ones that she was super tricky, to be honest. And mm. I knew her and Josh were so close that, and I was close with Josh, but she, you know, how was I gonna? How was this gonna work and end up? And Nina was just one of those ones that I thought, yeah, I haven't quite figured this out yet, because everyone loves her and she's such a, you know, she's so bubbly and and good at challenges and stuff, and. Um, her exiting, as as sad as that was, it was exactly what you said. It was advantage to me for her to leave. So you never want someone to leave injured, but the fact that she left, it was to me was um, good news story. Mm. Now, I'm someone on the podcast when I did my recaps each week. I saw a very big game in Josh that was hidden for a long time to us as an audience. And I thought that he played a phenomenal game while he was out there. And we started seeing a bit more of it towards the end game. Uh, can you set the record straight in regards to you spoke about the fact that there wasn't egos, there wasn't really this hierarchy, but did you feel to a certain degree that Josh was someone that led a lot of the conversation in the pre-merge section or Jordy? Because Jordy claimed that the Sandra move was his move and that he pulled off this massive blindside. What was it like, um, I guess, working with those boys in that early stage? And was it a really flat hierarchy when you guys came up with decisions? And do you feel like there were certain people that were sort of taking more of a leadership role within those discussions? You know what's interesting is, um, and and they showed this in trouble. It was, um, and that's Jonathan saying, "How's it going?" And I said, "It's like a committee." And at that point, it was a committee. And the thing was, um, everyone had a everyone had a say, and we all sort of aligned at that point with the same thinking. And um, Josh, as it turns out, he's a numbers guy, so he's great with numbers and and just thinking things through. So he always had a, a plan of attack. Further on in the game, it was his way of the highway sort of scenario. But in this moment, he he knew that he played a smart game because he wasn't um, he wasn't stepping over wood. He was just he'd throw his ideas out. Um, we'd all have an idea, and we'd come around and say, "Yep, that's that's a decider." He had a lot of good ideas, so yeah, probably. And I, I look, I think in that early phase, it was quite obvious who had to go and stuff, and there wasn't too much trickery to it. Later on down the track, he was, uh, yeah, very much a leader of um, this is how it's going to work here are the numbers. And when you're in alliance with someone and they've got it worked out, you sort of go, well, yeah, I agree. So there's no point. You know, if you want to be a lead, oh, I want to be the leader, let's change tack, but it's not actually the best way to go, then you just. What's the point? You bring up an interesting you bring up an interesting point because I always hear the talk about a resume. I need to build a resume or I need to make big moves. Like Geordie said when he took Sandra out, he said, This is part of my resume. And I came on the recap and I love Geordie, by the way. I hope I get to yeah. talk to him in the future at some stuff. Seems like a like a legend bloke to talk to. But I made the comment that voting Sandra out was the obvious choice. No one was going to give him credit for doing that because you have to get rid of her at some point in the game. Um, I'm always of the belief that you have to time when you you know, bolt that resume in the game in any case, because like you mentioned, if you overstep that early and disagree just for the sake of disagreeing with your alliance members, it just puts an unnecessary target on you and you become someone that people don't want to work with, right? 
Yeah, so this is yeah, this is this is exactly right. Now, Jordy was clever. He didn't let anyone know that he he'd claimed that. That was a, that was a that was a that was an interview, and that was well done by him because he's pl- now playing the edit, right? So he's 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 claimed that. Now that that was not an original idea at any time, and every time the vote came up, we we'd all go, and particularly me because she was targeting me, and I knew it. Okay, when are we going to get Sandra out? And they said, yeah, well, and every single time we'd go in on her, something else would come up and we'd have to deal with it, which is the way it goes, you know. This is yeah, you're one, you're number one, you're going home tonight. No, we need to get rid of this. They've blown up or whatever. And so him claiming it, just I just went, oh, man, really? Now, had he said that, if he said that out loud, he would have been voted out because it was just so off what was really going on. But to his credit, He's trying to build that resume, and, he, and for the TV, he's actually um, claimed it. And there was nothing in the edit to say otherwise, so good on him. Yeah. Okay, so we move into the merge portion of the game here. You get to the merge. There's now a whole group of new players that suddenly um, come into the game, and it looks like you've got two, I guess, orphans to the alliance, um, automatically in Sam and Jesse that joins the the bigger alliance. How did that sit with you? I mean, you obviously had a previous relationship with Sam and Jesse to a certain degree, and were yes. you happy to see them back come and work with you guys at that stage in the game? We at, at Merge, um, phenomenal to get there, by the way. It was, you know, it's a great feeling to make that point. And, um, and so there's a bit of euphoria there. And, yes, you've dealt with these. You've, you've um, been playing with these people before, so there's, there's that friendship connection there as well. Um, we had it quite comfortable as a saying, so we were trying to say, okay, now we need to keep the status quo here because we're doing quite well. They called ourselves the regulators and it was just, you know, we're regulating and now things are going to, it could upset the apple cart and we're quite comfortable in it. Obviously it did because Sam's one of those players that won't, you know, she doesn't like, she doesn't get directed around. <laughs> and, 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 and to be honest, uh, there was a point there when I went to um, I went to Mark and said, "Man, we've got to settle Sam down." Like we used to just make these decisions up in two minutes. Now it's three thousand questions and this, that, and that. You know, it's just too much info. Like let's let's just keep regulating him. And he took that on board and you know whatever. But it was, and that's where Sam was sort of losing it a bit because she'd lost control completely because of this strong alliance. And then there was the Geordie Jesse thing. Now that threw things. That threw things out. We knew those two were going to be tight. The whole scandal with the idol and giving the idol up and all that—that's that's another story we can talk about. But definitely, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and but having those two boys together—that was dangerous. Jesse, Jesse was a guy I never connected really with. He was, he was a young dude, and I was the old dude, and we had biking, but we never really saw each other as a, a team. And so mm. he was on that threat level to me, and mixing with Geordie and. I, I like Geordie, but those two working together were always danger. So in my mind, yeah, that was and the fact that Sam was so close with Jess, I thought, geez, this is this is strong. Mark, Sam, Geordie, Jess, and then, you know, and you've got Jordan and, and Josh. I mean, holy smokes, there's some strong people there. So who did you at this stage as you came into the merch see as the player that you or the one or two people as you thought, if I could get to the end with these these guys or girls, this is my ideal end game yeah. that I want to make happen from here on moving forward. I think when we got down to the final six, they were the sort of people I'd I'd sort of pitch it. And 
now that was a dead end story for me. I knew, but mm. at that point, merge. I thought, you know, Mark and Sam. I like Mark. I like Sam. I can work with them, but they're dangerous, so I have to deal with it. Josh mm. and Jordan. You know, same again. Got on really well with Josh, Jordan, and I you know, respected each other. And then um, Chrissy was one of the players that um, that I actually um, respected over time, and we, we worked together. We, and we worked together a lot more than it actually showed there. But um, and we became a bit of a, a quasi partnership there. So out of that six, it was comfortable, but it was a it was a dead end. So the old. <laughs> redemption twist made that um, fix that up that's for sure we will definitely talk about that and you know it was interesting because i definitely saw that josh thought he had mark and sam on the one side and he had you and chrissy on the other side and he was going to be able to ride that middle i think that's how he had it planned out so by proxy of that i could tell that you were working quite closely with chrissy i'm kind of interested to know you know chrissy looked like someone who had a extremely good social game she had me fooled for one second going into the finale because i said out of the three people going into the finale, and obviously as fans, we see an edited show, and I just want to give respect that there's a lot I don't see, there's a lot I don't know, but I thought Chrissy was a dead woman walking into that final with no chance of getting votes, and I thought she did a really good job from what we saw in Tribal Council, addressing things that she connected with different people on, and that her social game is very strong, and with social games, that normally can get you the win at the end. It's obviously, she went up against someone else with a phenomenal social game, and a lot of other things that made them a better winner this season. But can you talk a little bit about that relationship with Chrissy and how you formed that? What did you guys connect on out there? Yeah, so so this is good. So we 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 connected with the six, and that was going on with everyone else. And um, and we had the Geordie, who was the Mr Chaos because of the whole idol that there wasn't it and all this sort of stuff. We can talk about that a bit. But um, Chrissy and I. We came close together. We like I was the chief cook. Um, she was helping me out, and we just and that's what we had our roles and stuff. And um, and Chrissy came to me at one point and just said um, she was annoyed and she said, "Why isn't anyone talking strat with me?" And I, she said, "I always go off and talk strat, and no one's talking to me." And I said, "Well, because why would they?" And she says, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, why would they talk strat with you? You're not playing the game. You're just you're you're playing the social money, basically." And she um, she got upset with me, and I said, "But if you want to play the game, come and talk to me because I've got a plan." I said, "But you've got to be serious, and you've got to be willing to make move." And um, she huffed off and thought, hey, "How could you say that?" And then got irritated one time, sent to me and said, "No, no, I want to, I want to sit down, and um, I want to sit down. I want to talk to you. What, what's your plan? I want to play." And I said, "I so here's and here's here's the thing." I said. Um, Chrissy, you've got a chance of winning this. And this was a bit later in the game, and this is where uh, Redemption come back. And I could see that it was, you know, we had to we had to break up Sam and uh, Mark, uh, Josh and Jordan, and um, and there was KJ, myself and Chrissy. And, I, and look, I said to her, I said, you will end up in the final with these guys, but you have not done anything that anyone will say will give you the vote, except that you got there. And I said, getting there is one thing, but getting the votes to actually give you half a million dollars, you've got to earn it. And I said, Nat will take something. And I said, here's the plan. I said, you come with me and KJ. So me and KJ work together. You come with me, but you work with me to vote out Josh and Mark. And we deal, we do that. We deal with the others, like we'll work with Shay and all those. And, um, and I said, that way, 
you've made one of the biggest moves of this whole series because you're so tight with them. If you go against them, but the timing's got to be right, then you could, that could be the defining moment for you because you only need one massive move to actually shake the whole game. And then that can be your move. And I said, you go in there, you've got your social game, plus you, you play this massive move. And then I'll go in there and just fight my my game. And, and KJ's got her um, advantage game and the way she played that. So it's a fair battleground. I said, you go in with Josh. He's got that jury stitched up. You go in there with Mark. He, he's got so much play going on that it, it's going to be impossible to, to beat him. I said, you're, you're getting dragged into that because you're an easy beat. I mm. said, so let's get out of that and, and turn on them and people will respect it, I tell you. But it's got to be something that goes completely against your grain. And that's at that point, I think I said somewhere, I said, um, so you either want to play the game or make friends. And in the end, she ended up telling Josh these things, and and that's why they voted me out. And, uh, to me, and um, if you remember that that episode, um, they voted me out. And I went, "Wow, you're going to vote me out over over Geordie, Geordie. who's been chaos for for that long, and this is the chance to do it." And you vote Juicy out, and it was because they just saw that I was, I was having an influence on Chrissy's game, and could switch her into that assassin effectively. Which could have won of the game. Yeah, you know. it's inter- it's a very it's a very interesting one. Mm, a lot of players. Inter- mm. Yeah, I was going to say it's very it's very interesting because you definitely I think got into her head sadly just too late because she did yeah. ultimately decide to cut one of the two boys, but it just was too late in the game where the other one would make the final in any case. Do you think that that is the fact that she wasn't a fan? It was a massive disadvantage for her coming into this game, understanding what people would respect at the end? Because I've spoken to Chrissy personally as well and, you know, off air, um, and she seems like a really nice lady, but she said she was unprepared for the game itself and the fandom that came with this game and how serious people take it, um, which is fair, right? But, yeah, yeah, so what what were we talking about? We were talking about... um, And her her final move. The... It was interesting because this is what I said to Chrissy. I said, um, Chrissy, don't leave that move too late because what it is is a forced play. I said, you've got to make the move when you don't have to make the move. I said, then, yeah. it's, an, then it's an actual play out of the box. that, And I still reckon she could have and She agrees with me. She could have won the game with that because it's such a massive blow. And she, I said, you're going to do it anyway at some point. But if you pull it up early, then all of a sudden... It, it's throwing the game on its head. Uh, people won't believe it, and you'll become this uh, enigma. I said, mm. so there's the gift card because if you work with me and KJ, then we can actually get the numbers to to make it happen. And um, you know, this is all theory, of course, but uh, but there it was. And but the, I said, don't play it too late in the game; otherwise, it'd be seen as a force play. And ultimately, it was. It was it was a really cutting move for Josh, but at the end of the day, she had to make a choice between Mark and Josh anyway. So it was a forced. Which one was she comfortable going with? Um, either way, I don't believe she was going to win from it. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah. it's it, Survivor's all about timing. 
Yeah. And I mean, listen, it's so much easier when you're sitting here on the sideline and you've got all the information to make these decisions. One of those decisions that a lot of viewers wanted to make for the likes of yourself and Chrissy and KJ and everybody that was around at that point was to listen to Geordie. Um, and there was a lot of speculation in regards to why did no one listen to Geordie when he was coming out there and telling everybody about the two idols. So now's your time to clear the air on why it was so difficult to believe Geordie at this point in the game. Yeah, no, this is so this is very interesting because because okay, from our perspective, um Geordie was a dead man walking, so he would make up any story to to keep in the game because he was a fighter through and through. That's you know, that's a credit to him. And we saw how threatening he was in challenges, like a man down, you know, defeated and then rising up like a phoenix to 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 um almost win the the thing you know with the poles mm. over that to me was superhuman because the pain you feel and the fact that he had that down and his neck's on his shoulder almost and mm. and he's done the, you're finished the body is is collapsing under you and somehow he gets this this win second win puts it right up and starts again i just i looked at that and to me that was a moment where i said this guy has got to go because his challenge game is so strong when it gets into these physical, painful um, exercises. And, and the later you get on the show, the more it's about that endurance of pain in those areas. And, and so very threatening. The issue with, is with him was that um, he came out of that tribal where Sam had <laughs> stolen, given, whatever you want to call it, um, the idol. He came out and he felt he was going to still play with Mark and Sam. So he told everyone that Jess had taken the idol with him. That was a story that was getting around. Then all of a sudden he realises, no, they're not going to, they're going to put him on the cross and nail him to it and set it on fire. So all of a sudden he's, he's going, I'm playing with these guys, I've got to burn them. And so he's changed the whole story. No, no, here's the story. Jess gave um, Sam his idol and sent him home, voted for him straight after that. And so they've still got an idol that Jess gave it to him. Now, Jess is, a, is an absolute fan of the game and a smart kid. And why on earth would he be giving his, giving his idol to Sam and then getting voted off? You know, like, absolutely didn't make sense. However, it was so far-fetched that you have to go, and he was so convincing that you have to go, man, maybe there is something to it. So in my mind, I went like this. Yes, no, I'm believing Geordie. Then, then I go, no, it's just I can't believe him because there's too much. Again, this is the, Geordie's game, a little bit too erratic. Too many, you know, I, I want to do a deal with you, I want to do a deal with you, then you're talking over here and he's doing a deal with Josh and you just go, no, I know what he's doing. He's just playing everyone so no one trusts him. So if he could refine that, he'd be an awesome player. The mm. um, So there it was. So... The whole way through, you've only got the information you've got and the people you're listening to. And I, you know, I I remember he came over and he's talking to us because he was on death row again. He survived so many death rows. And um, and I said, okay, well, let me and um, Josh have a chat. He leaves. And I said, Josh, man, like, he, you know, he's bloody well right, mate. Even if, even if Mark hasn't got two idols, he's got one idol. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. He doesn't need to. He's still a threat. We've got to make a move on this dude. And, and if he's got two, he's walking his way in there. And 
this is um josh he's as stubborn as an ox man like he just um he he would not budge on whether he had two and it was quite a fatal move for him because he allowed mark too deep with too much power and um and trust this is the thing i, I quite i find quite odd is that josh had so much trust in mark who was effectively so brilliant at just stepping back and allowing Josh believing he was running the game and then at the final moment switching Chrissy to vote for him. Phenomenal. And I, yeah, because Chrissy and Josh as tight as you could get. That's why it was, I knew it was a, I knew it was a risk taking, telling her to play this move because I thought, geez, if she goes back, but the fact that she came to me, I thought, okay, she's ready to play. Cause that's what I wanted. I said, you come to me when you're ready to make a move. Otherwise don't bother. And she came back and said, "No, I'm ready. I'm over this. I want to." And I said, "Okay, so you're not going to you're not going to be happy with this, but this is what you you've got to do. But it'll be that defining moment." So you would have been quite shocked when Mark actually ended up making it to the final in that configuration instead of Josh. What would have happened if Josh and Mark ultimately both got to the end of the game? Do you believe it would have been a tight vote between the two of them? Where would your vote have gone in, in a scenario where Josh and Mark goes up against each other? I think I think Josh would have won it because Mark and Sam had Sam had taken a few heads off. You know, she she damaged a few people along the way, and so I think um, and Josh had played a pretty good game. Like he was um, rock solid. Like I never had an issue with him once. You know, mm. apart from his stubbornness, and, and um, <laughs> I couldn't—he couldn't convince him of anything. Um, once he'd made his mind up, but yeah, I, I think Josh would have got it because because Mark would have held over some of the Sam works early days, which had really upset people. Like, and Sam was great at manoeuvring and patching all that together. Like, she, she's um, a phenomenal player, but there was just that Josh had none of that baggage. Mark had that baggage, so I think he would have won it. They, yeah, it would have been close because Mark, you have to respect his game. Yeah, I think they both played really solid games, and we kind of talked around it a little bit. I do need to ask you about the move now. Obviously, you finally saw it play out on TV and Sam getting the idol from Jesse. What's your thoughts now on the move now that you've seen it um, play out, I guess? Uh, you know, and <laughs> what, 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 do, what do you have over there? Do you have 4K TV, high definition? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I look at it and I go, this is what people, this this is what you have to be able to do if you want to win this game. But this is the, like, I don't know if I've got that. This this is the most ruthless thing I've seen on TV. I mean, honestly, Mm -hmm. to that close for someone working with them, taking their idol and voting them out um, is so ruthless beyond compare. But magnificently brilliant. Mm. You know what I mean? Like who could get a who who could get away with that? Like who could actually convince you? Hey, Chris, give me the idol because you've got budgies on, and everyone will see it. I'll give it back to you, and then just not give it to you, and then vote you out. I mean, holy smokes! <laughs> and let's not forget, Jess had done all the hard work finding the thing, and she's like a yeah. um, a mutton bird, isn't it? No, not no. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, cuckoo bird where they just come in and they lay their eggs in the nest you know she's just taken the idol and, and run with it and that how i mean sam and mark at that point were uh, going on invincibility 
she was still he... quite a distance away. She was still mm. quite a distance away from the finale when she did this. But obviously, like you mentioned, big game moves get you to the end and can make you win the game. Do yeah. you think that type of move would have been something that she could have defended in a final jury scenario? Or do you think that it would have been very difficult with the group of players that were there? Here's blood versus water. And here's the brilliance of Mark Sam. One of them wins, they both win. Mm. Sam made some massive moves that irrecoverable. No one was going to forgive her in that show for that once the truth came out. And, um, and so Mark allowed, and he copped a lot of flack for this, but Mark basically mm. allowed her to be taken out of the game by not playing an idol for her. Which, is that is that ruthless? Is that um, not caring? Or is that playing a, a phenomenal game to get someone on the jury that's in your camp, it's quite influential, and having two idols left at camp with a guy that had no baggage is actually played just you know a really good game right through respect all the way leave the guy with no baggage out there to fight it morally and have your teammate on the jury talking it up yeah no Perfect. i think it was i think it was phenomenal gameplay by them as a, as a pair and you know they share yeah. a bank account so it makes 100 percent sense now i do have a question here for you it was never your dream to play Survivor. It was Brianna's dream to come yeah. and play the game. I know Brianna would come back very, very yes. easily if she is asked. And I hope she gets that opportunity because even though she went out early, I really respect people who try to play the game. And I don't think she will be boring to watch. Even if she's out in the first three episodes again, it will be exciting. So I would love to see her go there. I hope she does better than that if she does go out there. Now, if the question came for Juicy Dave to come back, are you retired officially? I know there's a lot that we don't see. As fans, we just think, oh, what a great vacation to go out there for 50 days or 48 days. But there's a lot of suffering that happens when you play this game mentally, physically. Um, you know, we only see very small portions of what happens out there. Would you be open to the possibility, not right now, because I know that's probably a tough commitment, but let's say two, three years, four years down the line, um, they're thinking of All-Stars 2 or Heroes versus Villains and they need uh, Juicy to be a hero on that tribe there. Would you go back and play again? <laughs> So great, great questioning, because I think if you said, um, would I apply for it again? Would I apply for it and, and want to get on it? Probably no. If I was asked on All Stars or Heroes Villains or something, it almost it's almost an obligation because it's a respect and honour thing, isn't it? Like if mm. someone's asking for the All Stars, then that means you're in this elite group, you, you know, and that I would have to think about seriously because I did... You're right. It scars you in many ways, and it, and it's and it's rugged stuff. But it it does get into your blood, and it, and it's a terrific bunch of people that you meet um, on the game, um, the support crew around it, and then the fans and, and guys like you. And um, you know, you just you just learn to love the people involved in the game. So, yeah, I think hmm. I think as an honorary role, yes, I, I, I'd be hard pressed to say no, never going on again, and I wouldn't say that. So. That's that's it. Would I apply? Yeah. No, probably not. Not to go on another one and, and battle it out. But uh, as I was invited, yeah, another story. Now, if we could take out, let's say, Brianna, because she's your blood, and if we take <laughs> out, say, Mark, because he was the winner of this season, yeah. I'm sure you've got a lot of respect for Mark. Who'd be the two warriors, one male, one female, that you would like from your season to go into a Heroes versus Villain season or an All-Star season with you? 
Now, it could be because you would like to align with them or it could just be because you think they would be great TV and would make the production of the show better to have them there. It is, yeah. Oh, look, uh, <laughs> I, you know, personality-wise, Jay, Jay, you know, Jay, he didn't get much of a, a, a shot at it either. He got wiped out a bit early. And, um, and Amy, you know, She'd be she'd be fantastic to get on there as the Warriors. I think Amy would be um, phenomenal having another crack at it, and um, she'd mm. be fun to play with. And she's clever and social and everything. Um, guys, uh, would it be would it be Jay? Yeah, he wouldn't have Geordie back. He's too too. Um, he's too tough. <laughs> I think he's a shoo-in for. I mean, the Joker to play in a villain yeah. tribe. I, I, if I had to choose, I'd have Sam and Jordy both back in a villain's tribe. You know, a villain in the game, in the sense of the game, I think would be quite explosive to see if you can get a, a round two between those two. But yeah, it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see who they do go back to uh, if they do end up asking some players back. I think there's a lot of heroes and villains from this season. I think the biggest hero of them all, we haven't mentioned him yet, is probably Josh. Um, and I'm sure that if he was out there, everybody would want to align with someone that would support them in the same way that he supported Mark this season and just didn't want to turn his back on him. I think that's something that if I was out there, I would want to align with someone that hopefully, I know they tell you they got your back when they don't, but you'd want that allegiance from someone, even if it's frustrating for those that are trying to go against you. 100%. And that's and Josh did that when we uh, when Tribe swapped. We actually got chatting and, and you know, he's a sensible guy and likes a sensible conversation and, and you have a chat and then you, and then you actually have a few good laughs because you, you find you're getting on, you know, and there's people like mm. that that you just click with. And Josh is one of those guys. He had the women around his finger. I mean, every single mm. woman on the show was in love with Josh, you know. He's just a charmer. And, mm. um, and so he's got this charismatic way about him. So yeah, he's, a, he's a total threat. If, wouldn't, if Mark wasn't out there with Sam and, and – Let's face it; those guys had played before, so the advantage they had of understanding the process, and I think that's as a second-time player, you you definitely understand how this is going to play out, and and um, and can use that to your advantage. And I think Mark did mm-hmm. that spectacularly. Um, Josh probably a little bit over optimistic with the loyalty. Like he overplayed it because Mark just used that completely to his advantage in the end. Yeah. Last question, I promise. So um, I always like to ask survivors this. Um, I know we went a little bit over with the camera issues that we had. Um, So last question would be, what are you going to remember, I guess, five or 10 years from now that, you know, it will be a fond memory. It could be something that happened on the screen or it could be something that we as viewers didn't see there. Um, When you talk to people about your experience out in Survivor. I think yeah, like the the most impacting moment was um, was day one, and Brianna and I locked in arms and and she going this is it and this is her dream right so this this is mm. this is her dream she this, and she was excited and everything I'm I'm shitting myself and um and she and we we are standing in formation and they're going uh, three two one live and instruction was to walk around this cliff face and over the top and going around that corner and seeing that first challenge the ramp and this and 150 people like a village standing there cameras lights you know you name it that whole this is fair income production this is this is Mm. 
massive helicopters flying in, all this. But that first turning around the corner and just realising, wow, this is how big this is. This is not just a... Because up to that point, we're in a cabin, you know, by ourselves, say, you know, and survive is seen on TV now all of a sudden. And, and then Jonathan asking you a question. It's like surreal. I could, just couldn't believe Jonathan's asking me a question. And I thought, wow, we're, we are playing the game. Here we go. Let's, let's rock and roll. So, yeah, that's, that's my takeaway. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Juicy, for your time this evening. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I'm sure, you know, that the call's going to come a couple of years from now and we'll see you back out there, hopefully once. I know you don't want it, but I'm hoping <laughs> it does come out for you, Juicy, so we see you back <laughs> once again on Survivor.